0: and Welcome to the 74 Razor Podcast. My name is Gunnar, this is Adam, and Hello. we are approaching draft season. Uh, we're getting closer. That means a lot of stuff heating up around the league. Some stuff we've missed over the past couple weeks since we did our last podcast that we're here to uh, fill you in on. And just give some details about. So how about we jump right into it. Uh, it's probably been the biggest news of all of draft season, and that is what the Miami Dolphins have done, what the San Francisco 49ers have done, what the Philadelphia Eagles have done, all moving up in that. uh What is it, 1 through 13 picks kind of shuffling around? 1 through 12. Oh, it was 12? Okay. Yeah.
1: My fault, my fault.
0: (laughs) Uh, We got Adam over here with the details on the trade to go
1: over for you, so I'll let him take that away. All right, so we're going to start off with the trade between the Niners and the Dolphins. So the 49ers trade up from the number 12 pick to the number 3 pick in the first round this year. And to get up to that pick, the Niners gave away, obviously, the 12th pick this year, and they also gave – away a first rounder and a third rounder in 2022 and another first in 2023 this gives the dolphins a lot of a lot of firsts and seconds i think they have two firsts and two seconds in like the next three drafts or something like that mm-hmm. so the dolphins have a lot of draft capital to improve a young team to get even younger and even better for the future which is kind of yep. ridiculous so the dolphins are going to be a dangerous team for years for years come, yeah like and then like 10 minutes after that trade went through the dolphins take the 12th pick and they trade to the Philadelphia Eagles to move back up to the 6th. And so the dolphins get the 6th round pick, or 6 overall pick in the first round this year. And they also get a 5th rounder in this year's draft which is the 156th overall pick. And then the Eagles they get the 12th pick. They also get a 4th rounder in this year's draft which is the uh, 123rd overall and they get another first in next year's draft.
0: Okay. And then uh, talking about the San Francisco part of the trade. <clears throat> uh, so let's say for the sake of conversation that the Jaguars obviously go Trevor Lawrence one overall. Yep. And then let's sit for the sake of conversation say the sake of conversation, sorry, say the Jets go Zach Wilson number 2 overall. Yep. Who do you think goes number 3 to the 49ers? Uh
1: you know, Kind of torn on this one because a lot of reports have been saying that the 49ers are nabbered with Mac Jones. They really like him. They want to go that way. But I just think both Trey Lance and Justin Fields, in my opinion, are better quarterbacks than him. Mm-hmm. And Justin Field Fields has held two pro days. The 49ers have had staff members at both of them. So, I mean, there's no denying that the 49ers also like Justin Fields a lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I mean, personally, I'd go Justin Fields. But I just – I don't know where the Niners are going right now. Like I said, a lot of reports are saying Mac Jones. I think they should go for Justin Fields. They've shown that they also like Justin Fields a lot. So, I don't know. I think yeah. it's up in the air at this point.
0: I don't think – they go with Trey Lance simply because I don't think they're going to, yeah. want to rock with a guy that has to sit for a year. Because Trey Lance is definitely going to be a guy who should definitely have some time before he starts in the yeah. league. So I think are uh, in it's either between Mac Jones and Justin Fields, and a lot of reports saying that uh, they really love uh, Mac Jones. Um, he's a really you know intelligent quarterback. Not saying that Justin Fields isn't, but just that Mac Jones is almost kind of like the uh, Kyle Shanahan's never really liked. Um, rookie quarterbacks to work with, you know, okay. he said in the past. So Mac Jones coming almost from that pro style offense from Alabama, working with Nick Saban, a lot of intelligence there. You know, I think that's just going to more be more so the guy they're kind of looking for and anything. Um, not saying that Mac Jones would be the guy to go with, but just that's where I think what happens. Um, as for the Dolphins, who move back to number six. it's all kind of depends how the board falls one through five, but what do you think they're targeting at the number six pick?
1: You know, I think the Dolphins had a very smart smart move here um, because I feel like they're either torn between Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, and maybe Devonta Smith. And I think they realized that they could have got any of those three players at six, Mm -hmm. or one of those three players at six, maybe not any. So from... So trade down to 12 and back up to six, they get more picks for f- the future. Mm-hmm. So I mean with reports saying that Jamar Chase is going or the Bengals are thinking about taking Jamar Chase to pair him back up with Joe Burrow. Yeah. I don't I don't agree with that, honestly. I think I still think they should go offensive line. Mm-hmm. Because and there's a lot keep, of reports that they, they love need to Kyle keep Kyle Pitts as well. Yeah, because they need to keep Joe Burrow upright. So I think they need to go offensive line at at five. Yeah. So it really all depends on who the Bengals take at five with, or for who the Dolphins are going to take at six. I think, you know, it's either going to be Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts. Honestly, maybe Sewell if he if the Bengals don't take him. Mm -hmm. But so yeah, it all depends on how the board's falls. But I think I think they realized that they could have got. They could have got the same guy at six that they wanted at three.
0: Yeah. So you think they'll target an offensive weapon for uh yeah. to pair with two? Okay. Yeah, I like that a lot. I definitely you know agree with you on that. I think, like you said, it just depends who's there at that point. Jamar Chase, just one of those guys. I think Jamar Chase is probably the number one I have up there. Mm-hmm. But Kyle Pitts, if he's still there, um, he'd be such an intriguing option as well. So um also moving on, talking about trades that happened in this year's draft class. Uh we can finally put to rest the uh, speculation around Sam Darnold and what the Jets are going to do with him because they've already made that decision, trading them away to the Carolina Panthers. Adam, if you want to give us the details on that trade.
1: So the Panthers get Sam Darnold in this trade. And to get Sam Darnold, they gave up a sixth-round pick in this year's draft, which is the number 226 overall. Mm -hmm. And then they also traded a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick in the 2022 draft.
0: All right. And what are your thoughts on that trade for Carolina's sake?
1: I like it a lot for Carolina. You know, I, I haven't really given up on Sam Darnold yet as a quarterback. I know Mm -hmm. a lot of people have, but
0: we're both big Sam Darnold believers on this show.
1: Yeah. Uh, You look at the coaches he had in New York. There wasn't really, he, he wasn't really set for success there. You know, we've seen with Adam Gase, what can happen with quarterbacks after they leave the system with Ryan Tannehill. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think. You know, the Panthers obviously felt like they wanted to get a different quarterback in the building other than Teddy Bridgewater to maybe bring in some competition or they don't feel that Teddy Bridgewater is their guy. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, <coughs> Sam Darnold's still young. He's still 23. He's younger than Joe Burrow. So he's still got a lot, to de- a lot of room for development. Um, You give him some weapons. You know, now he's got McCaffrey. He's got Robbie Anderson back who was uh, with him in New York a couple years ago. And then he's still – he's got DJ Moore. And then maybe if the Panthers bring in a guy at eight, another weapon, they had, don't know, they, just, they don't have – I feel like they have another receiver. I don't know who it is. Anyways, but yeah. <laughs> so that they have more weapons than the Jets do right now. I mean, they have the Jets yeah. to just sign Corey Davis, and I think that was it. But they just still have James Crowder and Denzel Mims. Yeah. So the Jets were trying to build an offense over there, but I still think, you know, with McCaffrey and with D.J. Moore, yep. Panthers off has Robbie a lot Anderson. better. Yep, and Robbie Anderson. Panthers have a lot better weapons, than the Jets are set at right now. So yep. I think it's a good trade for both teams. You know, obviously the Jets wanted to go quarterback at two. So I think best-case scenario, get Sam Darnold out of there so you don't have to worry about competition and media attention from having this, two young quarterbacks in the building. Yeah,
0: and it gives Carolina that – um. I had to reset. <laughs> it gives Carolina that potential to also, you what are they number eight overall mm-hmm. in the draft? Yeah, so they don't, don't have to spend that number eight overall pick on a quarterback, or at least it doesn't seem like they're going to as of right now. I mean, you never know. You never happen. know. But uh, definitely gives them the power to you know use that pick on someone else who's mm-hmm. going to really help boost this offense or defense, whether wherever they want to go with it, um, outside of the quarterback position, maybe give. Sam Darnold, another weapon, some help on the offensive line, whatever, whatever it may be. Definitely gives Carolina a lot of, a lot more um, power to move around this offseason. Mm-hmm. And then for the sake of the Jets, how do you feel about this trade?
1: You know, I kind of I mean, got into it at the end of that spiel there. Um, it's a, like almost I said, guaranteed
0: they're going Zach Wilson.
1: Yeah, like I said, almost guaranteed they're taking quarterback at two. Most likely Zach Wilson. As I said, it gives them a chance to reset, start over with a new quarterback, Brand new offense, brand new coach. Yeah, and just it's kind of just a fresh opportunity. That's what they needed, I feel like. And, I'm excited you bring to bring Robert Sala. You know, offense. You bring Robert Sala. You bring in Mike LaFleur. Yep, that's his Mike brother, LaFleur. Mike LaFleur. And you, know, you have Joe Douglas, who, you know, he's he's shown that he can. He's starting to build a team over there. You yeah. just need different coaches. He's an aggressive that's what, GM, that's yep. for sure. And that's what they got last year. So I think you know. They need to, they need to reset here, and trading Darnold yep. gave them that reset, for sure.
0: Uh, moving on outside of the draft, uh, as we get closer, there's going to be some signings of players. Um, maybe some bigger names. will wait till after the draft sign, like Richard Sherman, some of those other guys out there. But one name that is off the market now is jadavian Clowney, who just signed a one-year, ten million dollar deal with the Cleveland Browns. Adam, what are your thoughts on this signing?
1: Um. You know, it's going to be interesting because now they have Jadavian Clowney, they have Miles Miles Garrett on the outside, and they just signed Malik Jackson. Mm -hmm. They've been building that defense through free agency. They signed (laughs) Troy Hill from the Rams, right? Was he on the Chargers? Yep. One of the LATs. They got Troy Hill from the Rams. Okay. And And then they they signed John Johnson. Them. They do have, they have Sheldon Richardson on that D-line. He might be a cap casualty. Who knows? They signed Anthony Walker from the Colts, you know, so they've been building that defense. The trade for Ronnie Harrison last season. I mean, this yeah. is a good defense. Denzel it works is. So. This is becoming a good defense. Um, it's going to be interesting to see which J. Clowney they get. They did spend they – gave, they gave him a one-year deal, spent $10 million right. on him. So, yeah. I mean, J. Dave Clowney has been inconsistent. So, it's, are we going to get the Javen Clowney – in that one year in Houston where he looked like he was going to be the top pass rusher that he's supposed to be coming out of college, or are we going to get the Jadavion Clowney in his other years at Houston, his second year at, in Seattle, his last year in uh, Tennessee. Yeah. So,
0: uh, Well, the biggest thing is I'm trying to remember, and of course it slips my mind during the podcast, but I I, I was really thinking that um, Cleveland had another kind of outside pass rusher on that D-line. They signed
1: Tack good. McKinley. this offseason. Okay.
0: So, I guess Tack McKinley's more your rotation guy with Jadavion Clowney coming in probably the starter over him. But Mm -hmm. I was thinking, you know, with how good of a defensive line they have right now, there's a lot of pressure taken off Jadavion Clowney there. And that's the biggest thing. You hear his name and you expect him to come in and be this monster. I think that pressure taken off him, rotating him in there with the other guys, uh, he may not have the best season, but I think he'll definitely have a better season than what we've seen recently from him. I mean, there's not so much pressure to start. He did say in his
1: press conference that he's excited to play on a team that he won't get all the attention. Yeah. Some of the, you know, some of the, most of the double teams are going to go Miles Garrett's way. So he's Mm -hmm. not going to be focused by two people. He's not going to be double teamed as frequently. Yeah. He's going to be able to work against single, single blocks. So.
0: Yeah, I definitely like Clowney and Tuck in uh, Houston, so I'm definitely excited to see how he does here. Excited for him to potentially have a bounce-back season there in Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, another uh, big piece of news, and this one's more recent than, um, well, I guess J.D. McCowney was the most recent, but this one also being recent was Julian Edelman uh, was released from the New England Patriots, and then maybe minutes after, half hour after, he actually ended up announcing his retirement from the yeah. league. And so I'll let you go into your thoughts on Julian Edelman, his career. And, you know, the biggest debate I've seen so far right now is, is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer?
1: Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll give my thoughts on his retirement and then maybe we can have a discussion about if he's Hall of Fame worthy. But, okay. um, you know, reports came out like a day or two before he got cut that he wasn't going to be able to play a full season ever again because of his knee issues. Mm-hmm. He was, there was going to be weeks, there was going to be you know, months where he sat out because of his knees. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of put the writing on the wall that he was either going to retire or he was going to go to a different team. When I saw that the Patriots cut him, I was like, this is most likely the end for Julian Edelman. I don't think, you know, a team's going to see that, see that he's not going to be able to be healthy for full season and willingly sign him. At least I wouldn't as a coach or a GM and then him retiring, you know, as I said, I expected it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, He was a good player. He was, you know, he was an idol in New England. Fans Mm -hmm. loved him. He was a fan favorite. So obviously for New England Patriots fans, it's sad to see him go. Um, As someone who doesn't like the Patriots, kind of happy he's gone.
0: Do you think maybe he comes back in signs with Tampa Bay? There's been a lot of rumors about that.
1: I mean, maybe, maybe we might get another, like a Gronk situation here.
0: Gronk gave it a 69% chance. that, <laughs> yeah, on, Edelman signs that that's, that's
1: the most Gronk thing I've ever heard. Of well. course, he's going to, that's the number he's going to choose. But yeah, I mean, maybe he takes a year off to see if he can get his knees back to more closer to full health. Mm-hmm. So he has a better chance to play a full season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll see. It's just, I don't know. But yeah, he was a good player. You know, he had his, he has moments. He was
0: a good player. Was he a Hall of Fame-worthy player?
1: Absolutely not. All right. There you You have it. I was, you know, before we started recording this, I told myself I was going to pull up stats of receivers that I've heard him getting or heard people using as examples of why he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. I was going to pull up their stats and compare stats and stuff. Don't want to do that right now because it could take too much time. But, you know, you look at his regular season stats, they're not up there. Like he's below Heinz Ward, he's below Torrey Holt, he's below Sterling Sharp, he's below Jordy Nelson. Those are people yeah, that that's what I was gonna are say. Hall of Fame thing. or some people who aren't even discussed to be Hall of Fame receivers.
0: Yeah, if Julian Edelman's a Hall of Famer, Jordy Nelson's a Hall of Famer. Yes, Donald Driver's a Hall of Famer. Yes, um, I'm trying, I think I have uh, some stats I saw here. Of course, I might not. Also, have some. yeah, well, sorry. Like, uh, it was the okay. Sterling Sharp comparison. Uh, Donald yeah. Driver comparison, the Jordy comparison, just like you said. And, yeah, like all his numbers were, except for maybe a couple, one or two, and that's comparing it to Sterling Sharp, who had a very shortened career, um, mm-hmm. that Julian Edelman was almost being all categories by these guys. And so I, I did see someone say, well, he may not be a Hall of Famer as a receiver. Let's talk about his return um, specialties from earlier in his career. I don't, I didn't really, you know, get that much of a vibe from him. I mean, he was a good return man early on in his career, but not Devin Hester level that gets him in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you no. have to be one hell of a, maybe the best return yes. man of all time to get there. And that Devin Hester um, has that pretty much locked. So, so I wouldn't say Julian Edelman based on returns.
1: I remember a couple of days ago I did the math on the Julian Edelman, Jordan Nelson comparison with the stats. Okay. I have the numbers saved in my calculator. So Jordan Nelson had, seven less receptions in his career than Julian Ellman did. All right. Okay. But Jordan Nelson had 1,765 more receiving yards and 64 more touchdowns in the regular season. So, I mean, yeah, people, people want to say Julian Ellman should be in because he's one of the best postseason receivers. But when mm-hmm. you're in the, po- when you play in the postseason for 19 games with Tom Brady as your quarterback, there's no way you don't have good stats in the playoffs. Like you can't you really <clears throat> use the playoffs statistics as things to put a player in the Hall of Fame because, yeah. you know, not everybody makes the playoffs. You Dan only get had zero, zero Super Bowl rings. Right. Like you only There's only 16 teams in the playoffs. So obviously if you're one of those 16 teams every year of your career almost, you're going to have good stats yeah. in the playoffs. And Super Bowls are team team accolade. Mm -hmm. You can't get one – well, I mean, obviously one player can influence the team to make it, but you're not going to have one player's performance necessarily carry you to a Super Bowl. The whole team has to come together and perform well. Exactly.
0: I I have uh, stats pulled up here right now between Donald Driver and Julian Edelman. So we're talking career touchdowns. Uh, Julian Edelman had only 36 career touchdowns compared to down Driver, who's had 61 career touchdowns. You have Julian Edelman, who has 6,822 career yards, compared to Down Driver, who has over 10,000. Uh, Julian Edelman has 620 career receptions, compared to Down Driver, who has 743. I mean, it's just, Driver's, if Down Driver's not Hall of Fame, Julian Edelman's not. And I'm sorry, I know he was a multi-time Super Bowl champion. He was a huge part of the New England dynasty. It just isn't enough to get you in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a reason, you know, they have that five-year window to get players in the <clears throat> Hall of Fame. Yeah. It gives people five years to really analyze someone's career. Mm-hmm. It gives them five years after the retirement to kind of cool down. You know, you got that recency bias after they retire. Yeah. All, the, all the fans of Julian Ennervon are coming back. Oh, he's a great player. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Five years later, I bet you that crowd is going to die down. There's going to be a lot less people in that crowd that are saying Julian Ellman should be Hall of Fame worthy because they're going to sit, they're going to think about it for five years and realize that he's not as good as the people that should be in the Hall of Fame or are in the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah. Well, as always, this has been some great discussion here on the 74 Razor podcast. Uh, before we close it out, um, Adam and I might be able or to get another mock draft in pretty soon here for you guys. That would
1: be ideal next week to get a mock draft in right before the yeah. draft.
0: It might be coming in a little bit earlier than usual, but other than that, thank you all for tuning in and appreciate the support. Peace See out. See
1: you next week, hopefully.